Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical. Andy Joseph. Welcome to Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. Thanks for joining our show today. I'm excited to have our uh, our guest today, Dr. Stephen Bennett. Dr. Bennett is a molecular biologist with a background in neurodegenerative disease, opiate receptors, and melanoma. Dr. Bennett holds two patents in the field of Alzheimer's disease and drug delivery, and he's currently the Chief Scientific Officer of Marican, which is a Canadian licensed cannabis producer. Dr. Bennett is also the founder of Prescott Logic Technologies, which is a medical cannabis research product development and consulting company, which is based out of Ontario, Canada. Dr. Bennett, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Andy, uh, for having me, and I, I look forward to the conversation. Great, great. Yeah, is it okay if I call you Stephen? Of course, please. Awesome, great. All right, so Stephen, I want to talk to you a little about your uh, your Apex experience. You're you're a bit unique from the standpoint that uh, you really sit there and operate an Apex system all day, every day, like some of our customers. But you've got a lot of experience with them. Can you tell me when you started working with Apex equipment and and uh, you know kind of what you're doing now with with Apex? Sure. So um, my first experience, uh, I should say, exposure to uh, Apex was back in Colorado as the scientific director of Evo Lab and had some experience with uh, a small 5-liter. And then, as you know, we eventually got the, the dual 20-liter. So I've, I've got a bit of a range with the Apex products. And as you know, uh, a big fan of them. Right, right. And, uh, you know, that, one, that one's kind of an interesting one. Evo Labs out of uh, Colorado, for, for those who, who don't know. So you, you've spent some time in Colorado, obviously. Um, how, did you, how did you find yourself in Colorado? So, yeah, I was uh, actually finishing up uh, postdoctoral fellowships and uh, was was doing academic work that was unrelated to the to the cannabis industry. Right, right. So that's kind of the, the transition. So you started out in, in one area and then made the transition into the cannabis space while you're in Colorado. Uh, and of course, Apex started there. You know, we, we've had conversations in the past where we talked about how awesome CO2 is. Can you can you help the listeners understand what makes CO2 so great? Sure, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. So, so CO two, in my opinion, it, it's it's great for a lot of reasons. It's it's first uh, in the cleanest and and safest and most reliable production. And another reason that I really uh, prefer it personally uh, is that it it allows the user some some tunability is the word that's frequently used. But what I'd like to explain with CO two is that you're able to finesse off various fractions of of the plant. Uh, rather than sort of indiscriminately uh, squeezing it all, if you will, with some of the other solvent options. Right, right, and you know, you use words, you words, uh, use words, cleanest and safest. You know, and so we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know, kind of those those general terms and what cleanest means, what safest means here in a second. But in your opinion, as a as a user of of CO two extraction technologies, what's the downside? The downside of, of CO2, uh, you know, I, I would say that what's, what's frequently complained about would be upfront cost. Typically, it's, it's more expensive than some of the other options. Um, and, you know, other than that, I don't really think there is uh, much of a downside. Historically, people uh, felt as if CO2 destroyed the terpene profiles. And I think that 
you know, we've proven that that's, that's certainly not the case. Right, right. Heat, heat ruins terpenes, not CO2. I think that is a, a big misperception that, uh, that a lot of people had. Right? Do you hear a lot of people still saying those kind of things? No, nah, I, think, I think that uh, the stigma is definitely worn off. Right, right, for sure. So, all right, we, we, we've talked about CO2 and it's good and it's bad. You know, you, you uh, again, are in kind of a unique position where you've exposed or been exposed to a lot of different extraction methods. How about ethanol? What, what do you think about ethanol as an extraction method? You know, I, I think all extraction methods have their upside. And, you know, ethanol is definitely advantageous because any process, you know, using cannabis oil, using oil, I should say, uh, extracts, you're, you, you need a secondary solvent, as you know, is either a co-solvent to clean the equipment, uh, to, to, to loosen up the material. So, you know, ethanol is great because you're, you're starting with something that it's going to end up in before winterization. Uh, ethanol is easy to, to uh, obtain, at least in the United States it is, a little more difficult in Canada. Um, and it's, it's a good solvent, but as I indicated before, it, it, it indiscriminately extracts everything in the plant, including some of the pigments like the chlorophylls and, and, and some of the, the light oils and things that, that you know, are, less, are of less interest. Right, right. So while CO2 is expensive, it uh, gives you lots of, lots of tunability and choices, but uh, ethanol is the exact opposite. You know, it gives you, um, you know, everything, whether you want it or not. Black, and tar, black tar, correct. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but it's cheap at the same time. I mean, you can, you can literally do a, you know, kitchen sink extraction and, and for just the cost of the, uh, the ethanol itself. Um, of right, course, so- I, think, I think where it gets where it gets a little bit more more challenging though is the, is the scalability of ethanol that's that's really what becomes more of a challenge is that you know you are at the end of the day dealing with a flammable liquid um, and 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 really it does get to be sort of hazardous when you're using you know hundreds of gallons at once conceivably so uh, you know from a scalability standpoint I, I have some doubts about ethanol I think others could argue that though with me Right, right. That's a good point. And, you know, I, I hear I hear people complain that the uh, from a scalability standpoint that the recovery side, not the extraction side, the recovery side starts to become problematic because it's very energy intensive and, and becomes pretty slow. It actually becomes the bottleneck. So you get, you get a bunch of extraction material sitting there and uh, not so much, uh, you know, you don't have the ability to recover the alcohol fast enough. And that becomes your bottleneck. Correct. And, and also you have terpenes that are miscible in that ethanol. So you are stripping a ton of terpenes off when you're exposing to ethanol. It's another critical reason to use CO2 first, uh, remove those terpenes before you sort of batter around the rest of the material. Right, right, right. Okay, so, so uh, you know, I think the uh, the the parties on the on the on the interview here might be a little bit biased, but let's talk about butane and propane anyway. Uh, you know, it's it's a super popular. You cannot deny, you know, no matter what camp you're in, CO two, butane, whatever, you can't deny the popularity of the products that are produced with it. With an obvious drawback being that it's explosive. You know, why do you think there's such a high demand for this product? Well, you know, my, my opinion is that there's certainly a market for, for butane. I, I don't want to be disparaging about any, any extraction method. I think that, that from a safety standpoint, from certainly an employee standpoint, safety standpoint, it's, it's definitely a, a critical thing that needs to be done safely. And I, I think really that the jury's still out on whether or not there are long-term health, health risks associated with uh, butane or propane um, residual uh, residue in, in in products, but it's sort of my feeling like it's just one other variable, and uh, sort of like propylene glycol and the e-cigarette market. We just we really don't know quite yet. So I I think it exists because 
Historically, ethanol and propane both exist because of the availability of the solvent. It's not so much that they were the perfect solvents, it's just that people were able to, to get them in, in large quantities. So I, I, I think that, the, that, that there's really the, the connoisseur market is, is, is sort of where I see butane as being appropriate. Uh, very good terpene preservation um, at a very high purity, with, but again, a single, a single blast, sort of indiscriminate again. But there's, you know, they make really, you know, tasty products, and people really like them for live, you know, live resins and and some of the other more connoisseur connoisseur products. But there is definitely a market for them. Yeah, I agree. There's there is definitely a market. We see it for sure. So we're back to the the cleanest and safest. When we started the 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 top of this top conversation about CO2, you said CO2 is the cleanest and the safest. Uh, what about butane and propane? Is it clean and safe? I mean, you, you mentioned there a little bit about the jury still out on on kind of the the personal safety side of it. How about from uh, the cleanliness side? Of course, of course. Well, you know when we when we when I talk about safety, it's it's really a a question of um, sorry when when I, when we talk about safety we're we're talking about the 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 consumer on the one hand of course and the employee on the other and i think that with co2 which has historically been used to extract bioactives from um botanicals as you mentioned at, at a very low temperature uh it's 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 just really been uh, a well recognized technique uh, and well accepted technique moreover co2 itself is a uh a molecule that's very readily uh, metabolized by the body, and and there's really no risk of of residual solvent. So I, from a, from a clean and safe, that's really what I'm referring to. Right, right. So I, you know, I, I hear people talk about the um, the heavy metals, the toxins, the, the the cleanliness aspect of you know a lot of the the lighter fluids essentially that are being used uh, butanes, not necessarily in both butane or in pentane, but you know the the some of the stuff, the crap that might be available in, and especially open blasting. Um, do you, do you see that still today in the in butane products? You know, I I, I associate probably with some of the better better uh, producers. And so I, I really see a lot of care going in. Um, but I think that as you get closer to the, the gray and even black market, that that's certainly a factor. And, you know, without, without some oversight, um, I, I, I've tasted product that has, I can taste the butane in. There's been so much of it remaining. So I, I really think a little bit of oversight to reduce the amount of residuals is critical. Thus the uh, thus the need for the regulatory system. Who, who would have guessed that a cannabis industry would say that at some point? Uh, all right, so Stephen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the breakthroughs that you've made in secondary processing, the, the step beyond extraction. We'll regroup for more Mission Super Critical after we hear from our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. 
Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Again, today's guest is Dr. Stephen Bennett. Stephen, we talked a little bit about extraction methods in the first part of the uh, show here. Now we're going to talk about secondary processing. And, you know, I understand you've got some real breakthroughs you've made in, in fractional distillation as well as a few other things. Let's start there. Tell me about the, the, the fractional distillation and, and some of the cool stuff that you've done to improve concentrate quality. Sure. So, um, so fractional distillation uh, means simply uh, also thermal separation. It's it's to re- to separate molecules from each other by their boiling points. So it's essentially boiling off the the cannabinoids in this case from uh, some of the other less wanted material um, to to sort of clean up uh, the end product and uh, get it up to a, a very high purity and a very high level of consistency. So at its basic form, um, it's, it's, it's simply um, boiling off the cannabinoids from, from the, the rest of the matrix of the oil. And, and why is this so popular? Why, I mean, this stuff's kind of new. It hasn't been around for very long. Why does anybody care? Why is it so popular today? Well, that, that's the interesting thing is, is that distillation itself has been along for quite some time. And, and even uh, the techniques used here, it's just not, not yet applied to cannabis until a few years back. So, you know, I think that, that, that my answer to that question might be different than some others. The reason that, that I rely on it so heavily is, is it does standardize the material. Uh, so basically, you know, you're growing uh, plant material at about 20% maybe potency of cannabinoids, and then you do a CO2 that you can get upwards of 50 uh, this brings it to closer to upwards of 95% pure and really allows uh, the user to just have a, a, a much more consistent experience, uh, irrespective of the, the quality of the starting material. So it's almost starting to get to a single compound kind of approach or strategy. It's primarily THC and CBD at this point. Right, right. And and when you're using fractional distillation, are you able to separate those two, THC from CBD? How do you go about doing that? No. So those those two those two are way too close. So you get a fraction out of out of a distillation that would have a, a rich amount of both of those. Uh, however, with uh, with preparative chromatography, uh, you are able to then purify the individual cannabinoids from one another. It, and start to pull out just THC and or separate the CBD and from the THC that's in that 95%. That's correct. Up to, to, up to 99.5% and beyond, which is really uh, pharmaceutical grade material. Right. So it really takes kind of almost three steps. So you extract 
fractional distillation or fractionally distill, and then chromatography to to get to a ninety nine percent pure compound, whether it's CBD or THC, right? Well, there there are a lot of ways to sort of skin the cat, so to speak, and and there are there are a handful of other methods where you can you can skip the individual the intermediate step of distillation. Um, personally, I, I like to clean up material before running it through uh, columns and and dirtying. Right, right. Now we've talked about you know the fractional distillation. We've talked about chromatography. What about winterization? Where's winterization fit into the mix here? So winterization fits in just after CO2 extraction. Ah, so chromatography is a fourth step, right? So we got correct, correct. Well, if you want to add decarboxylation, then there's five steps. And okay, all right. Maybe so some, some filtering that. in between, you know. So, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a few steps. Okay, so, the, so it sounds like there's actually five steps, right? We, we decarb before, uh, sometimes people decarb after. Which one do you prefer? You decarb before, decarb after uh, on the extraction? I, I think it's 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 a simple equation for me. If if you decarb after extraction, you have less material uh, to process. Ah, okay, okay. So so we extract, decarb after, then winterize, then distill. Actually, actually, sorry. We we extract, then we winterize, then we filter, then we um, uh, then we decarb, then we distill. <laughs> okay, keeps getting more complex. Filtering. Tell me about filtering. What what is uh, what's the process of filtering, and what's that for? Um, basically, the whole process of winterization is to, as the name implies, is to freeze uh, the ethanol and the extracted material uh, to such a point that the fats, the the larger uh, carbon chains, will will precipitate out of the of the solution. So, unfortunately, they float to the top. So they need to be filtered very quickly while the material is still very cold uh, in order to remove them. Because they, they will burn, not only will those wax material will that burn through the, uh, the distillation procedure, but uh, also it's a, it's, it's a standardization. Uh, once all the, all the material is converted from the acid to its active form, at least from a, pharmace- a pharmaceutical perspective, you have a more standardized uh, material, uh, something that's obviously of, of importance because we have such varied effects. All right. Okay. So we've got five, six, maybe seven different steps here to get to a pharmaceutical level single compound, whether it's THC or whether it's CBD. Now what? What do we? What do you do with this? What What do you think is the the best use of this single compound, highly concentrated product at this point? Well, I mean that's a that's a good question. Um, I I would say that that. That what I like to describe the cannabis industry or my role in it is the the deconstruction uh, of the plant, which I think everybody's focused on, but also the mindful reconstruction. So this is where I plug back in as an academic scientist and using academic partners, we can further the actual mechanistic uh, science behind how these these various ratios of cannabinoid, cannabinoids work, uh, ultimately to optimize our, our, our treatment strategies. Uh, moving forward, but uh, as you know, there's there's a lot of uh, stories, uh, anecdotal, uh, most of which uh, some I've seen, and most of which I believe. But really, the, the 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 proving of this or disproving, as the case may be, is is ahead. Right, right. So we we reconstitute, we reconstruct, uh, and or reconstitute, uh, almost kind of recreating, like you said, the the whole plant. Why not just start with a whole plant extract to begin with? Why not stop after CO two, maybe even winterize to clean it up a little bit, and and just utilize that as as the medicine or the treatment for patients. 
I think there's there's a lot of a lot of patients that would argue in favor of whole plants extract that you know the markets um, are 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 you know certainly the what would be called recreational markets I like to call general use markets are, are trending in that direction uh, and away from whole plant um, but there's a big big school of thought that the whole plant extract is is uh, is where it's at and frankly what I know both from reading and my own experiments with with terpenes there's no question that they have physiological effect uh, so there's no there's there's no doubt in my mind that there there could be more to the whole plant. Um, I think that the complication comes as I work with various pharmaceutical companies. The complication comes is that they're used to single pure, purified molecules. So even giving them a ratio of two is a little bit different than what they're used to. So I, I think that both approaches are right, uh, sort of a, a top down and bottom up. Um, but I think from a research standpoint and a consistency standpoint to actually get medication level um, products, it's it's critical to process to this level. Right, right. And probably FD, FDA approval as well. I, I've heard a, a great speaker at one point in time talking about why cannabis as a whole plant will never be accepted by the FDA. And it's just because of the complexity of, of the FDA approval process. You know, the, the number of variables and tests that have to go through on a single compound is huge. Two compounds is you know significantly larger than that, and with you know 100 plus compounds in in the plant material itself, it basically means that there's never going to be FDA approval for the whole plant itself. Do you, do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I, I mean, never say never say never, but this 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 plant certainly challenges a lot of existing paradigms, right? And I would say pharmaceuticals is a big one. Okay, great. So we're going to have to uh, take another quick break. Fantastic conversation about all the secondary processing side. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we think the future looks like. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. The smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back again to Mission Supercritical. We're in the third segment of the show with Dr. Stephen Bennett. Stephen, let's talk about real fast where you see the future of this going. Where do you see the medical cannabis products market going in the in the next, I don't know, next year and even the next three to five years? So I, I think the, the three to five would be a, a more interesting answer because I think there's a lot of people sort of catching up in the industry and in, in various markets. Um, I, I, I think that that the the novelty of of products is really going to start to wear off. A lot of people, uh, myself included, have a patch or have good vape pens, and I, I don't I don't know how much more um, more creativity can go into that. What I really think is uh, the future is is the the validated medical products, as I indicated before. So being a part of the of the research that 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 actually starts to validate you know the the bioactive components of this plant in the same way that we have every other you know medicine um, on the planet, I think is just what needs to be done. So as we have you know more and more scientific proof, people will start to say this is the the the, the patch for pain or this is the novel ratio that we think might be able to treat parkinson's and and uh, I, I think that um, that's going to be the more interesting uh, part of this, and that's going to you know that that will of course f- farm into. Uh, or, or sorry, that will that will certainly um, corral right into the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so I, I do think that that's that's the trend. So validated medical products—that's uh, a great great word, great tagline. With the challenges in research that are presented to us by the federal government, how do we do that? How are we going to get these these validations done? Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, pri- private research is one. Um, you know, I, I, I'm setting up laboratories both in, in Canada and the U.S. to do research, and we're not restricted on private on private uh, grounds. It's it's really just the publicly funded uh, academic institutions, and there's really no reason per se for them to be so concerned. Uh, but they're very nervous because they're federally funded on you know many other fronts and don't want to risk uh, doing something federally illegal. So you can you can get around that with with some private private lab space, uh, and also you can get around that by working in in some other countries. But it's it's certainly uh, a limitation. Are you are you seeing any trade groups come together to take information and kind of you know, coalesce it all together to to start to get these validated metal medical products out there? I, I wouldn't say a trade group. I would say you know classic published scientific literature. Uh, that's that's how everything is 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 done uh, with science, and that th- this would be no different. So I, I think, you know, working with groups that are you know academic groups that are actively publishing this, you know, you're really able. And what 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 Prescott's able to do is to go to a clinician and say, okay, you want to run a clinical trial on cannabis? How about uh, a trial for this specific disease with this specific ratio in a patch? And here's the publication, the preclinical work proving that it worked. Uh, in these mouse models and 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 what have you, and and that is really a situation that they would prefer to be in as well. Um, so really, it's 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 basic science has been sort of overlooked, which I guess is an opportunity for me, but it's also sort of a a frustration because again, throwing a whole plant extract at a disease, whether it works or not, what 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 worked, what it, what what was it, and that's something that I think we need to get to the bottom of. Certainly, as a scientist, I need to. And and definitely that's that's what leads to a lot of the anecdotal solutions that we hear floating around in the industry today. What about recreational? So we 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 talk medical. What about the recreational side? Where do you see the the three to five years for recreational? 
Yeah, so I mean, I think until we have a, first off, as I indicated, the, the word recreational, I don't know that I'm a big fan of. I think that I, adult use is, um, uh, is another one I'm, I'm less of a fan of, but I think general use really sort of cap encapsulates what, what we're talking about. If, uh, if, if I have a little bit of anxiety from a rough day of work and cannabis seems to alleviate that, do I really need to tell a doctor and get a medical diagnosis to use cannabis? So it's really a quality of life issue. And I also view it more as a lifestyle than I do as a, a drug use. Um, so I think that, you know, opinions might vary, but that's very, very strongly mine. Um, so as far as recreational goes, I think until we have a clear medical or pharmaceutical designation, can we truly identify what a, a recreational or general use would be? I think everything's sort of in this mud of medical marijuana. We want to have recreational products and pharmaceutical cannabis. So I, I think that there's going to be some some clear distinction between that. Do you, do you think you'll see the the same level of processing to to get to you know single compounding and the recreational side? Or do you think it'll just be kind of the natural light or Budweiser approach where we just you know bang it out, get it done? Well, I, you know, I think that there's going to be some of both. Uh, quite frankly, there's going to be low quality uh, cultivators that take advantage of things so that they don't have to put all that energy in cultivation, which I think is fine. We don't. Um, we don't regulate the growth of poppy, right? It's it's all about processing morphine and, and from that. So uh, I don't know that the recreational market will be terribly interested. Uh, I think the research market and the pharmaceutical markets will be interested. Right. right. Um, I think distillate will probably be the sort of the 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 ultimate. The the ultimate in processing for no, sorry, recreational. It would be the ultimate product for the recreational mar market. Would be distillate, and it's uh, an ideal starting material for um, all the other products. And you know, one thing I like to caution people on is you can go ahead and isolate things as, as much as you want, but what what products are you going to make with them? And if you're merely putting them back into something like dis distillate to get your ratio ratios right, you're adding a huge level of processing and and time. Um, for something that you're only making your best product a little bit better. Yeah. So I think that that's something I work with groups to really narrow down if that's something that they need to be doing is, is purifying uh, isolates at this point. Right. And, and when can we stop calling it the clear? <laughs> well, I hope, I hope, I hope today, um, it's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a trade name from, from Harborside and, it's uh, it's a good one, obviously, because everyone keeps using it. Right. But I, 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 I'll hammer out the extra syllables and call, and call it distillate. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing the clear myself. I'd, I'd like to see a you know first trademark dispute uh, include the clear, not just Gorilla Glue and the other guys. I so, all right. One day. one final question here. What what advances in the extraction and processing do you see? You know, we had a bunch of different steps there. You see anything new coming down the line? Yeah, I mean, what I've been working on with distillation, what you and I have sort of talked about a little bit peripherally about, you know, turnkey solutions. I think to get the scale uh, right, I'd really like to be conjoining my technology with, with Apex and, and having turnkey systems that that handle all of these multiple steps that we just discussed. I think that's something that's coming with, with full automation. Almost a, a one step, put it in on one side, and out, out comes the uh, the clear, more fractionally distilled product uh, on the other side. That, out comes your Budweiser. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks, Stephen, for being on the show today. Looks like we're out of time. Uh, what's the best way for anybody to get in contact with you? Yeah, I would say email's uh, ideal. Uh, it could be reached at Stephen at PrescottLogicTechnologies.com. 
Um, you can also reach out to me at sbennett at merican.ca. All right. And that's Stephen with a V, right? S-T-E-V-E-N. Oh, correct. That's correct. Thanks, Andy. Great. All right. Well, I'd like to thanks, thank Dr. Stephen Bennett for being our guest on Mission Supercritical today. Look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn more about Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry. Hope you can join us. And until then, happy extracting. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.